The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. There have been many tributes, but uh, as the JSB, we wanted to uh, participate and also pay tribute to Dr. Frene Jinwala. It uh, was with great tragedy that we heard that she passed away at the age of 90 years. Extraordinary. And uh, you heard him briefly on the news earlier, so we thought let us get some insights as uh, he mentioned, described as a younger brother or younger friend of Frene Jinwale, Dr. Frene Jinwale. We've got Lois and Naidu on the phone, Executive Secretary for the Council for the Advancement of South African Constitution. Lawson, always a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you very much. Lawson, we heard uh, that very brief clip uh, on the news, and I must say, when I heard it, I thought I'd love to hear some uh, of the more personal insights that you have uh, for, for and with your time spent with Dr. Jinwala. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it was an extraordinary uh, camaraderie, friendship. We were family. Uh, I've known her for over 37 years. Sure. I met her when I was fresh out of university, uh, when I joined the ANC in the mid-1980s in, uh, in exile in London. Yeah. Um, and, you know, worked with her on and off during that time. And she was just, uh, you know, a remarkable woman, the most powerful woman I've ever come across. Uh, you know, she her intellectual depth was, uh, you know, un- unbelievable, and mm. I learned so much from her over the years. You talk about her as a remarkable woman, and I, I wonder if you could maybe tease that apart a little more for you. You know, you say that um, her intellectual depth. What was it that made you connect with her? I mean, often someone who has intellectual depth may not necessarily be the most remarkable person or even the nicest person. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I think it was, you know, her. she, she was incredibly tough, as I think we all know, but mm. she was also incredibly fair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was her bravery, her, uh, the, the strength of her convictions, the, the fact that, uh, you know, women's rights should never be relegated and must always be part of the conversation on any issue, uh, something that she pushed throughout her life and largely successfully. And, you know, a lot of the ANC's, own policies on uh, gender rights can be attributed to her and others of her ilk who played such a prominent role in doing that. You know, she was the head of research in President uh, Tambo's office uh, during the exile times, worked incredibly hard on the uh, sanctions campaign, in particular the oil and arms embargoes, in which one of the first tasks she ever gave, gave me was to help her with some work on the, uh, on the oil embargo. Uh, in the mid 1980s, and you know she was she was she was tough. She demanded incredibly high standards. She set high standards for herself, yeah. And she expected it of those around her. And as a colleague of mine mentioned in the face Facebook post that I was reading this morning, she could be both inspirational and exasperating at the same time. So you know, th- we this idea of high standards. It seems to be something, and I'm not specifically talking about government. I'm talking about in general, how sometimes it feels as though we we don't push ourselves, we don't have those kind of standards. And I was reading something recently quite similar to that about how uh, people seem, seem to be choosing the mediocre, I mean, it's a bit like that quiet quitting idea or going to work and only, you know, having presenteeism, you know, where you only do a certain amount. Is that something of a time past or do we go back to that? Well, it is. I think it was it was the characteristic that marked out that generation of, of leaders of, of Rennie's time, of the Mandela, the uh, 
Tambos and, and so on, you know, who are who set incredibly high standards, who, yeah. who were, you know, incredibly principled in everything that they did. And, you know, I think it's clear that that's something that we've lost and we need to try and regain in South Africa. And that was something that, uh, you know, certainly I know concerned Freni in yeah. her latter years, yeah. uh, the direction in which the country was going, that we were not living up to the promises that uh, uh, the liberation movement had been made to the people of South Africa. Uh, but she she remained eternally optimistic that this could be turned around and had to be turned around. Yeah. So if you say it's something we need to go back to and find, how would you suggest? And I'm not just, as I say, once again, talking about the political environment. I'm talking about as an individual. If I say I need to reach that standard, if I look at her as a role model, what are the ways I could do it? Well, I think each of us needs to take strength from uh, what she did, uh, you know, reflect on her legacy. Yeah. Um, you know, as I said, being principled, uh, never never giving up the fight, uh, and always trying to do one's best. I mean, you know, I worked with her very closely in the first democratic parliament in 1994. And uh, when we, we got there, and she, she said to me, you know, Lawson, I know nothing about parliament. Uh, you don't know very much either. <laughs> Uh, but together we're going to have to find a way out of, uh, of making this institution work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she set about it with gusto, um, you know, with a real fierce determination that she was going to build an institution that uh, our new democracy uh, needed. And that she saw Parliament as one of those critical institutions uh, as being a foundation for that new democracy and you know, took the initiative of saying that this needs to be an out- outward-looking institution that... Uh, she coined the phrase of taking Parliament to the people. Yes. Uh, something that we've not really lived up to, but uh, it's something that certainly needs to be done. And I think, you know, the, the, the legacy that she leaves in this Parliament, I think, you know, when, when everyone uses the phrase Madam Speaker, uh, the image that comes to mind is of Freni Jamola. Yes. Yes. Lawson, how will you in your personal way pay tribute to her? Well, so, you know, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's a tough time at the moment. You know, uh, ironically, Michelle, I'm in Johannesburg at the moment, and I've actually made an arrangement to go and visit her yesterday afternoon, yeah. um, which I often do when I'm in Joburg, just to go and have a cup of tea with her and uh, catch up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be incredibly difficult, but, you know, she's, she's taught me so much uh, over my life, molded me into the person that I am. And, you know, my commitment is to continue that struggle, to uh, continue the work that Freni has left, um, and, and to, you know, to, to be even more, and particularly, uh, as I say, speaking about Parliament, because that was the institution that she was most closely associated with. She did, uh, you know, a whole range of other things in her life, from being a journalist and academic uh, uh, and so on. But uh, it, it's her legacy at Parliament that I think we need to revive and strengthen. Lawson? We wish you strength in this time as a close friend of uh, Dr. Janwala, but we also thank you for giving us that information. Never giving up the fight, fierce determination, and engaging in the world with gusto. I think those are three things that we can take on, and we can look at Parliament and urge Parliament to say, take Parliament to the people.